to Transformation in Trials. Welcome to Transformation in Trials. This is a podcast exploring all things transformational in clinical trials. Nothing is off limits on the show, and we will have guests from the whole spectrum of the clinical trials community. And we're your hosts, Ivana and Sam. Welcome to another episode of Transformation in Trials. Today in the studio, I'm joined by HJ, who is the CEO and founder of Doc Eri. Hi, HJ. Hi, Ivana. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here with you today and uh, discuss uh, programmatic marketing. And before we really get into the conversation, could you just set the stage for our listeners? What is uh, a platform for programmatic marketing and how does it work? So thank you for that question. See, I think as the name says, uh, programmatic marketing, which is uh, a program that delivers uh, marketing programmatically, right? So an automated way to deliver a program. So we have created a platform exclusively for the healthcare industry so that healthcare marketeers can start targeting messages to their audiences in an automated manner away from the traditional offline exchange of emails, etc., which is able to run it efficiently. So it's an established way how the consumer advertising also progressed in last 15 years. We're trying to work with pharmaceutical marketeers to help them. That's really interesting. And uh, change is definitely needed uh, in this area. Um, I am curious to know more about uh, what kind of uh, audience one could target through this platform. See, uh, our platform, Docare, we are only focused on healthcare professionals. And when I say healthcare professionals, it includes physicians, pharmacists, nurses, nurse professionals, the uh, physician assistants, and all the other allied healthcare professionals. I see. Um, What kind of marketing could one expect to be uh, delivered through this platform? It's interesting that we created this proprietary technology. And now that we have the ability to deliver a message to a healthcare professional, when they are thinking of a patient or when they are delivering care, it can solve so many used cases right? Uh, of different teams. right? For example, a marketing team may want to reach out to this physician with an unbranded message or a branded message. We could help there. Right? Uh, a market access team may want to communicate to this physician to talk about a patient savings program. We could do that. Or uh, a clinical research team wants to talk to this physician when the right eligible patient is sitting in front of the physician, right? So it's a a unique proprietary technology that we created. And we're looking to solve uh, problems for multiple team members on the life sciences team. Okay. So if we were on the life sciences uh, side of things, uh, what kind of benefits would you get from uh, all these different functions using the same platform uh, to reach out to, well, basically the same physicians? So I think the, the first and the biggest is we help you reach your target audience in the most efficient manner at the right place at the right moment, okay? which is currently not possible. So we are kind of first player in the space there. Right? That's the first and the biggest. The second one is uh, you are able to do that 
transparently as well because all the messaging is delivered through programmatic technology and you see everything live on your dashboard. And C is you retain the power to continue to optimize the outcomes of your campaign because now you have access to data. Mm. I see. Uh, and there must be many benefits to having that uh, dashboard and, and being able to all look at the same uh, level of interactions. But what about uh, typically in a pharmaceutical company, we would have uh, firewalls between well the clinical side of things, uh, the medical side of things and the commercial side of things. How would that work with this platform? That's a, a great question. Right? So the way platform is designed, right? Uh, because it's for pharma, right? Where data privacy, data security is a big thing. So the platform is designed to comply with all those guidelines. And we have a multi-tenant model so that the, the instance deployed for one partner is different from the instance deployed with the other partner, right? All the databases are separate. And uh, we have separate team and user control models where we are able to restrict the access of various features and privileges to different user types. I see. Uh, another question, it sounds like uh, you're upending the traditional process where typically we would buy uh, data from a data provider. We would use that uh, data to segment uh, our HTTPs and then we would use, uh, well, frankly, a number of different platforms to reach out to these HTTPs. And if we're lucky, uh, aggregate uh, how that goes in a third platform. Uh, how much of that uh, does your platform replace? Uh, so we are actually, it's interesting that we're not looking to replace anyone. Hmm. Uh, we are looking to create pipes with everyone. I see. So that... We are able to bring all the data together onto a singular platform and take this messaging forward towards measurement, right? So that we can measure. See, currently, as you said, the data is brought together on a third platform, right? That third platform is an Excel sheet, <laughs> which is done in an offline manner, right? And then if we need to establish a linkage with the ROI, it's commissioned as a separate consulting project with one of the research companies, right? Mm -hmm. So it works in a very, very inefficient manner, which is what our platform is trying to address. Okay. Uh, and and how, uh, what kind of addition do you then add? Uh, replacing the current process of segmentation, uh, If uh, so what extra would we, is, is it the delivery of the uh, messaging then that we're focused on here? Yes, right. I so see. if you are working with your data partner to create the right segment, right? Mm -hmm. you can come upload that segment on our platform and then create messaging campaigns on various targeted channels. If you don't have those segments, you could create those segments on our platform as well. Right. So you, there are both. The, so you can enter at any point of time, either to create the audience or to create the campaign or to access the dashboard, or to create a measurement study. So I, I want to dive further into this uh, this bit about being uh, programmatically uh, delivered. 
Uh, because again, in my experience, the way that we deliver messaging to our HTTPs now is through, well, again, if, if we're an advanced pharmaceutical company, we would create these uh, pipelines in a tool like Salesforce Marketing Cloud or something similar, where we would uh, design, well, basically all the steps uh, on our own. Uh, how would you do that programmatically? It's very interesting. And I like, uh, as you're using the word programmatic, right? see the word programmatic, uh, People infer different meanings with this word, right? So if I talk to someone on the consumer side of the world, for them, programmatic is remnant inventory, right? Which you get at a low cost, right? Mm -hmm. For us, you are only getting super premium inventory. For us, programmatic is a technology through which we are simplifying the delivery of the message, not reducing, not compromising on the, the quality or the location of the inventory or the mindset, because every message that we deliver is target to the person at the right place at the right moment, right? So it can never be a remnant. I would be curious to learn more about how do you uh, identify that uh, right moment to deliver a message? See, we are, uh, so the exclusive supply that we created, right, through our DoCare uh, supply side uh, platform is our exclusive integrations inside electronic health records mm. and the electronic prescribing platforms. So through those HIPAA compliant privacy safe integrations that we have, we are able to uh, uh, access the the uh, activity data of the physician. Right? For example, a physician just made a diagnosis of diabetes. We would not know the name of the person or anything, personal identifiable information of the person, right? We only know that this physician has just clicked on this ICD code of diabetes. That becomes a trigger for delivering a message for us, right? And we have historical data of what this physician does when he diagnoses someone with diabetes, Right? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to understand physicians' behavior as well. And that's how we are able to contextually target the message to the physician at the right moment. Uh, that, that is a close integration indeed. And I see how you would be able to uh, deliver relevant information based uh, on that. Um, what kind of markets are you currently in? Uh, we're currently present in about 21 markets, uh, primarily in Americas, in Europe, Middle East, and about eight markets in Southeast Asia. I would be curious to learn, uh, are the HCPs, the recipients of this communication, how do they feel about this product? Uh, we have done a lot of research with HCPs and we continue to do. And a lot of them don't even think this is advertising. Mm. It, because the kind of message they, they see is very useful for their practice. So they don't even consider this as advertising and has been like very widely received. We, we provide the option to physician to opt out at any point of time from the messaging, but we haven't got like even 0.1% opt out still data. What about the collaboration with the electronic health records providers? If you integrate that closely, I assume that means that that you need to collaborate with them uh, to, to make, to close the data loop. So we, uh, we have close partnerships with the EHR platforms, health providers, health systems, 
telehealth platforms, electronic prescribing platforms. And we have a very simple onboarding model with them. Typically, it takes from 4 to 48 hours to complete the process. That That is quick. Yeah. So very light integration. That's another one of our uniquenesses, uh, why the providers or the platforms like us, because they have seen very complicated integrations, which take weeks to months to make it happen and then testing. And then the process is delayed by at least half a year. Do you use this uh, method to advertise for clinical trials also? Uh, we are just on the verge of starting that. Uh, we have been doing a lot of pilot campaigns uh, in this direction, and we feel we are kind of uh, perfectly placed to help solve the problems of a clinical research team as well. Mm. Uh, I would tend to agree. There is a potential to to close that market gap between finding the right patients and the right sites, uh, and what is needed for the clinical trial and we have yet to find something that works well in this space. So maybe you're it. Um, okay, I would be curious to learn more about uh, uh, if you have any success stories to share. Any examples where uh, a pharmaceutical company got their message out or some HCPs who uh, uh, got what they needed when they needed it? For a clinical trial or for any other? Uh, for any other, yeah. yeah. So multiple, multiple examples, right? Uh, uh, so one example I'll share. So there was a drug uh, which was uh, close to expiry of patent and uh, that was getting uh, substituted at the pharmacist. Right? So physicians were writing the prescription, writing the script, but pharmacists were substituting it with a generic, right? So mm. they lose those prescriptions. So we created a targeted messaging campaign for the physicians to use uh, one of the features that they have access to called DAW, which is dispense as written. And, and with that, brand gained tremendously. Mm-hmm. Right? In the first year, the ROI was 1 is to 30. Right? And this was a, one of the first programs that the company started. And it has been in existence. It's been three years now. And mm-hmm. becoming strong, the budgets have increased 10x. That is indeed impressive. I want to kind of apply a societal uh, angle to this. Uh, If you're able to pursue the prescribers uh, to uh, prescribe a specific drug, uh, what about, you can say, the the societal economic model of uh, always trying to get the cheapest drug uh, to the patients uh, and the potential cost to the healthcare uh, system? How how do you feel your role is, is, is in all of that? It's interesting, and I see a lot of countries trying to move towards generics, right? And physicians have their own concerns about quality, etc. Right. So, see, my personal kind of point of view there is I think for certain things, it is easy to replace with generics, mm. right? Um, where you are confident about the quality. But there are a lot of indications where you can't depend on those generic drugs. You have to depend on those specialty drugs only. So I think uh, giving this power to the physician to decide, because the physician is always thinking in the best interest of the patient, Mm. uh, really helps. And that's why you see in most EHRs, there is this feature called a checkbox called DAW. Mm. I see. Um, I 
want to switch gears a little bit and uh, talk more about you uh, and and uh, what your journey was uh, towards this space and and how did you come up with uh, the idea for this company? Yep. So my my journey it's a it's a long story. You might have less time today. <laughs> so I uh, so I'm a physician by training. Uh, last I practiced was internal medicine back in 2006 at Northwestern. Then I quit medicine without knowing what will I do, but I mm. did. Then I was part of two startups, first in the health tech and big data space for North American market. Second, in the healthcare communication space in Asian market. Uh, did well, got decent exits, made some money. Then I decided to move to advertising. So worked with McCann Health for about seven years in global leadership roles across multiple continents. Started as the MD for India, then MD for Asia Pacific, then decided to relocate to London to lead growth for the European business. Then another relocation back to New York to lead the digital data and innovations business for McCann Health. Uh, quite an eventful uh, journey, worked with majority of big pharma, learned a lot, did some amazing work, which won all possible awards that exist in advertising. And when there were no more awards left, I decided to quit to solve one of the unsolved problem of pharmaceutical marketing, which is how to engage with physicians on digital in a measurable and a transparent manner. Hmm. That is an interesting journey indeed. I would be curious to learn, you, you have experienced uh, the pharmaceutical industry for from basically all the geographies. Uh, what are some of the differences or commonalities that you have discovered? I think when I was like, when I had limited exposure of markets, right, I used to see, I used to think that how each market like is very different, how it works so differently. Right? But I think after having worked across all continents and a lot of markets, I realized they're all the same. Mm. Right? Uh, uh, I think it is just the life stage at which they are in. They're trying to solve different problems. So the life stage or the kind of volumes they're dealing with, they are all trying to solve very similar problems at any point of time. So any learnings, cross learnings from any other market right, are very helpful from a business challenge point of view. Okay, that is an interesting observation because that is often uh, what I uh, meet is that this expectation that it's uh, drastically different across markets. We often no, speak I, about that Europe is different. I had heard right that yeah. oh, India is very different from Singapore mm -hmm. and, and UK market is completely different in Europe because of GDPR, like you can't do anything. And US is a large beast. So yeah, that's very different. You need to understand the complicated healthcare to get it. Like I've, I've heard like so many of these things and, and it kind of scares anyone, but I try to find simplicity in whatever I do. And my kind of uh, uh, judgment was, no, they're all, all same. Trying to say the same thing, they may use different vocabularies, different choice of words, but ultimately, it's the same thing. Uh, I, I sometimes will not agree with me on this rate. Uh, but I sometimes wonder if uh, if this uh, narrative that we have about the different markets is more to protect uh, the specific industries within those markets, uh, and to try to avoid dilution. Uh, of uh, you can say the segmented world that we have created more than it is actual differences. Yeah, it's kind of uh, self-created boundaries, right? 
and see sometimes i feel especially and this is apply especially to the the pharmaceutical or the life sciences companies is the learnings are not shared mm. and uh, and like like in a consumer world you hear about any campaign that goes live why it did well why it didn't do well you understand brand challenges and stuff like that right while from a pharmaceutical brand you don't get to hear anything and along with the digital edit boundaries right people would assume oh europe is very different mm. right because they would read the news independently about gdpr and try to make their own stories without connecting the two together in a real life uh, format that is that is very interesting uh, this also general lack uh, of the feedback loop when we market uh, as pharmaceutical companies uh, is also shocking to me in, in other industries we have become very good at getting that feedback from the market improving um, and because pharmaceuticals are indeed a global industry either you're global or uh, you're nowhere it's very important that we learn from different uh, geographies right and and the market sizes are so different like the us is like 60% of global for most right so i have seen global teams always have limited influence on the us business because mm-hmm. the us business teams they are close to the business and they are able to kind of control and manage uh, yes and and that's a, a an understandable phenomenon uh, but there's also a risk of uh, losing out on learning if you only focus on on the us right yeah but because it's contributing to the majority mm-hmm. right and i i call it sachet mentality right you always think short term yes right? You're thinking short term not thinking about next 3 to 5 years because yeah. everyone wants to deliver this year that's your focus um from your perspective if we look at the industry as a whole how uh, is it evolving which markets are uh, going to take more attention from the pharmaceutical industry in the coming years attention is directly proportional to revenue contribution right and in revenue contribution is the us followed by japan right followed by europe mm. these are three markets i don't see any uh, i think any fourth which can replace the third like the the, the differences are huge so i think these three markets slash regions will continue to to dominate in terms of pharmaceutical revenues and hence the attention yes uh, yeah and it's also interesting that uh, these are also markets that are divided by language barriers they're divided by uh, advertising tradition uh, and it may be difficult to learn across from the different markets yeah although we would hear in most organizations say emerging markets right like the brick nations are one of those emerging markets etc and and there is there as money that is being spent there as well but still i think their revenue contribution is very limited in the overall global scheme of things mm. um i would also be interested to uh, hear your perspective on being a physician in the advertising space uh, how has that helped you how has that been a challenge Oh, it has helped me immensely. I take a lot of uh, undue advantage of that. So, if I say something with confidence, people better listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
and you never have to perfect your handwriting because people expect nothing other. Yeah. And the funny part is even I cannot understand my handwriting. <laughs> hey, I have the same issue and I, I do not have an excuse. <laughs> um, well, AJ, as we start uh, rounding off, uh, we always ask our guests uh, the same question towards the end. And that is, uh, if I gave you a magic wand and you could uh, change one thing in our industry, uh, what would you wish for? I used to love magic. <laughs> but in karma, I've seen less and less of that. But yeah, considering if I have a magic wand, I think one thing I would like to happen would be the all silos in data to go away. Ooh. Because I believe those silos go away and the data starts talking to each other, there is so much more that would be possible across all fields. I, I love that wish. I, I wish it, it would come true. <laughs> <laughs> um, if our listeners have uh, follow-up questions or want to learn more about you, uh, where can they reach out to you? Uh, I'm a, I think the best way to reach out to me would be via LinkedIn. And they can reach out to me via LinkedIn profile. And I'm very responsive and active on that platform. That sounds awesome. Uh, we'll include uh, the link uh, in the show notes. Well, HJ, this was an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Uh, and uh, I think our listeners will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Thank you. Thank you, Ivana. Thank you again for inviting me to the show. And really nice meeting you. listening to Transformation in Trials. If you have a suggestion for a guest for our show, reach out to Sam Parnell or Ivana Rosendale on LinkedIn. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or in any other player. Remember to subscribe and get the episodes hot off the editor.